Hi, this is Tyler Murphy. This is the Montana Gallery Podcast. And yesterday, uh, Alvin Veselka, Josh Clare, Grant Redden, and Charles Dayton all showed up in Billings, kind of out of the blue, and which was funny to me because I've just been spending a couple weeks traveling around, visiting. Uh, uh, the first part of, of my travels were going down to visit those guys, so I just saw them down in their home state of Utah. And then out of the blue, they called me up and said, hey, we're, we're in Billings. And so they came to the Yellowstone Art Museum here to take in uh, and experience and, and see this exhibition that is Clyde Aspavig's paintings alongside Emil Carlson's uh, paintings. It was really fun going there with those guys and kind of walking around and hearing them take in and, and, and talk about the work and, and hear their impressions of it. And so. Uh, here it is, one of those rare moments where you kind of get to hear somebody right after what I would call kind of a rupturing experience. This idea of, of rupturing experiences for me right now is, is really intriguing, and I hope to do uh, a few more podcasts on this idea in the future. How do we create art that really changes things? What is it that we're trying to change in the first place? And how do we go about creating art and experiences that accomplish that? So here is Josh Clare for the Montana Gallery Podcast with all these other fine gentlemen. Enjoy. All right, this is Josh Clare uh, for the Montana Gallery Podcast. I am just leaving Billings, Montana with Grant Redden, Charles Dayton, and Alvin Veselka. Uh, we met up with Tyler a little bit at the Clyde Aspavig and Neil Carlson exhibit at the Yellowstone Art Museum in Billings, Montana, and it was massively inspiring. So we are just going to talk for a bit. Uh, we'll just see where the discussion goes, but the four of us are going to chat on the car ride home about what we learned and about what we felt. But let's let's start with this question. Okay, we, we just barely left it. As we come away from this, for you, what is the moral of the story? One, what is the moral of the story? And two, what are you going to do about it? So I think we should start there. And I'll kind of get the phone a little closer to whoever's talking about it. You want to start, Alvin? Sure. Um, Boy, uh, for me, the moral of the story, the, the lesson, is that I need to look at my subjects as tools to express an emotion um, or a message rather than something to depict. And um, I think when your, your intention is that way rather than trying to depict something and uh, you're filled with gratitude or with the urgency of the message you need to share that your work's going to be a lot more powerful and um, what am I going to do about it uh, I have to look at all of my studies as an attempt to appreciate I think in an attempt to to really appreciate one simple thing to, 
just pick something to show gratitude for or or beauty to share the beauty of something instead of trying to depict what I'm seeing um, starting there and then especially you know that that's with my studies but especially with the the actual compositions I think I need to take a lot more time and effort into uh, designing the painting around what is the main idea and uh, using nature to support it and hopefully my I don't know I guess implementation is a little more I could go off on ideas but I will turn that into an idea <laughs> right. right now it's just a, a thought of uh, it's something I need to do I don't know Right. That's all I got, I think. That's good. Amazing show. Good. Charles, what's the takeaway for you? Do you want to, I'll just pass that to you. Oh, I just I would say, um, you know, I'm thinking more in terms of things that I need to, need to work on. It's just a remarkable show. Um, there was essentially color variety for, in, in every square inch of, of these paintings. And that just created a, a, a vibrancy that was, was very impressive. The other thing that stood out to me, of course, was the texture and how he built up uh, just unique textures so that, you know, in the, in the hollow areas, you have one color and then you could pull another color over it. And again, I think it created that, that sense of vibrancy. Um, so, you know, I, I, the lessons from here, you know, just to slow down to, um, you know, not just try to represent accurately what the subject is. Because in, in the West, I think we fall in love with the subject, and, and for good reason. But um, that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're creating a painting, and we're creating art, rather than, again, just a representation of something that we, that we love or are fascinated by. And the process has to uh, be much more of a priority than, uh, than the subject, I guess. Similar to Alvin said. Those are, those are the things off the top of my head. Right. Awesome. Let me make sure that this is... Yeah, yeah. Still recording. Okay, Grant, buddy. For me, the takeaway was... Uh, it's so much more important to convey an emotion than it is uh, something that is... Uh, that looks like what it is you're painting. Uh, I, should, I should remember what it was about the thing that I wanted to share, or the, the thing that thrilled me the most about the image or the, whatever the subject might be, and figure out the best way to share that instead of trying to portray it uh, identically so that in the end, I'm, I'm sharing an emotion, not just a picture of something, because that's what that's what we're doing. We're in the business of communicating something. Right. So, uh, I just want to be more patient with my work. I want to focus on craftsmanship. I want to um, relax about trying to get the exact color and focus more on getting the emotion, the exact emotion, right. and just take my time. Uh, I'm excited about trying some of my ideas uh, that I've had for years on paintings with this, with this new outlook. Slow down, 
every mark that you put on, believe in every mark and every stroke that, that it will convey what it is you want to convey, rather than doubting every every mark and every stroke. Yeah. Um, I kept, as I looked at at Carlson's work and wrote about it, you know, kept notes on, on things that I was feeling and seeing, I kept thinking, I kept using the word feel. These paintings feel so good. There's such a remarkable spirit to these pieces. Um... And yeah, just reminded, I was reminded really, really forcibly of the truth that the, the greatest artist is never uh, the person who can copy tone for tone what he sees the best, you know? It, the greatest copyist is not the greatest artist, that just plain is not the case. And the art is, um, well the best art is it's kind of, for me, it's the difference between a really bad country song and a, like a symphony Everything by Beethoven else. or Mo Mozart. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big difference. That is a big difference. But any, any country song. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like in a country song when they say exact, I mean, they just walk you through. And then I was driving and then my girlfriend threw a rock at the window. Pick and up truck, broke pick down. A, yeah, they say it. There's nothing for you to imagine. It's all spelled out very clearly exactly what happened. In your face. It's not poetic in any way, um, but really beautiful lyrics and, and very, in my favorite kinds of songs are, they just hint at an emotion or a feeling or a state of things and they let you experience it yourself. And I feel like that's the difference between trying to paint everything. We're coming up on our exit. Do you know which one? Yeah, if it was, say, this, this is good. This um, is not it? No, it, I think it's not, it's not east of the road. We get okay. closer to those, um, that refinery yeah. area, and that's the vessel that will take the bridge. Okay. It's a beautiful day, by the way. It's like puffy clouds. Just absolutely gorgeous day. But yeah, that uh, it's visual poetry. A, a very a, a true work of art should be a bit of visual poetry. Uh, you know, like a take home for me is that I want to I want to be prayerful. I want to ask God for help to show me how to make a painting that feels like what I'm feeling when I paint and when I'm there. You know, instead of just making it look the way. It looks and rely relying upon myself to copy things tone for tone and get it just how it looks. There's an otherworldly refinement to those Carlsons. I don't know, like a museum quality fine art. I don't know even the right word to say. Fine, you know, uh, and refined are probably about the closest words I can find for it. But uh, they are. They're something else, you know. They're. They're on a whole nother level and they they create a sense of when you're looking at those things and when you're with those things, you feel calm and you feel those feelings that nature inspires in you when you're out of doors. But not just when you're out of doors. It's like, because you can be out of doors and walking down a beach and it can be crazy and there's people everywhere or you're, you're preoccupied with work or with family problems. I don't know. 
you can be outdoors and not have the feelings that an Emil Carlson painting inspires. Those paintings feel like when you're all alone in nature and when you're sitting there and you're quiet and you're prayerful and you're experiencing that you're receiving it the way God intends us to receive it. And, and uh, almost, almost childlike again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It puts you back in that place where you're really in touch with nature. That's where those paintings take you. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's like a two-edged sword because on the one hand to, to, to uh, relax and not have to, to match tone for tone, but then to set yourself up, you're more vulnerable to express, you know, what, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it can be tough and it can be liberating. That's a great way to put it. It's hard, but it's liberating at the same time. Yeah, yeah he, Emil painted my dreams, you know. He painted those rare moments when you were, I remember once when I was at uh, Point Lobos, and it was a really, like, the weather was perfect, but something caused the waves to be really monstrous, and, and they were crashing against the rocks, and I got a time when I was alone, uh, able to just watch the repetition of the waves and feel their power and just just one of those moments where you really connect and you feel small and you feel grateful and you feel just this overwhelming sense of how beautiful the world is and how grateful you are to God for giving it to you letting me have that moment that's what his paintings make me feel like and that's what I want to help other people feel like yeah, they were, as, as I thought about having a piece in my living room, and we all talked about this, Grant mentioned it, I think, that, like, with that painting in your house, you'd be a better person. Yeah. It'd make you, you couldn't listen to mediocre music with that painting on the, of, right. on the wall. You couldn't think mediocre thoughts. Like, you couldn't, uh, and uh, even apart from, like, bad music and bad thoughts, like, you couldn't even go to just subpar thoughts. Like, and it just, it makes you want to be more refined yourself. And it takes you to that, like you're talking about Alba, that sacred place where you're not just like outdoors or looking at nature, but where you're really contemplating it. You're almost at one with, with God as you're in his creation, you know? I think you're feeling what he wants you to feel about nature, what it's created for. Right. And that's why they're worth, they're worth so much. Because they're the creation of something that makes you feel that way is so rare that I think I would be willing, you know, aside from neglecting my family's needs, I would be willing to pay any price to to be more surrounded by that stuff, by things that it's like being able to, um, you know, uh, teleport myself to that magical place I was at at Point Lobos again. You know, it's just a priceless thing that I think everybody can be better by looking at. A real glimpse into the potential of a painting. Yeah. It's just a bunch of paint on canvas, but it was yeah. humbling to see what a painting is what capable do. of doing. Yeah. yeah. Capable of being. It was wonderful to see how much work he put into them, too. Yeah, okay. How much love and uh, attention that, that he was putting into them. Right. So it came, I mean, he was inventing things. 
I, I doubt ever existed, but he was he was coming up, coming up with it. Yeah, in his invention. It's the difference. Yeah, being it's the difference between being a creator and being a copyist almost. Yeah. But there's and the strange thing too. Yeah, it's a whole other level. It's not like you're taking away from um, taking away from nature by departing from nature. Does that make sense? But you're actually reverencing it. You're showing God even more respect and even more reverence and more gratitude when you become a creator yourself and try to show people what His creation makes you feel. It's a little uh, level of responsibility of your own. Yeah, it's like a stick that on. It's like a monumental sculpture to somebody. Nobody really cares that much what somebody that they revere in history to look like, like specifically. I think they care more about what they feel about what that person did for them. You know what I mean? So like a sculpture of, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, George Washington, for example. You don't want to paint, you don't want to sculpt exactly what he looked like, his exact height and all that stuff. You want to make him look like the man that we revere him to be for what he did for all of us. You know, that type of thing. Right. It's, that's what we're, we're paying homage to, the spirit of what we see, not not just recording what we see. This this is an interesting point, too, that I realized from his landscapes versus his still lifes, is there was more reverence, more respect, and more awe, and more of the Spirit of God in his landscapes than I felt in his still lifes. That was, that was just me, but I wonder if part of that is because when he had the thing in front of him for the whole painting, even though he, he put the same measure of careful detail and attention into the still lifes, and the surface is just as tasty and wonderful. But um, it seems like most of his focus in those still lifes was just on getting it right, getting that sucker to look like what the still life looked like. Um, where on the landscapes, all he had was his sketch and his memory of what the place felt like. And so they became something more. The pure medium into his, into his uh, how he felt about it. Right. That's a great observation. I, I think it's true. I think you got it. Interesting though, yeah. Same artist, same surface, same level of skill and everything like that. But there's a different feeling to the landscapes we saw. I guess it's it's another testament to his his power as an artist because he was even able to do that through his still lives, give him a feel, uh, give him a, a nature, right? But it was so much more evident in the landscapes, right? Something Grant mentioned where he was working so hard, to, like putting so much time and patient effort, careful craftsmanship into these pieces. Um, I, I think that that's key to how those paintings feel and possibly why they feel the way they feel. Um, and I kind of I noticed that a little bit with being able to compare some of those big finished works to some of uh, the sketches. What's really impressive to me about Emil, like in my own work, my sketches feel like my most honest work. Yeah. And I go into the studio and I'm like struggling to find some of that magic I had in the sketch and get it into the big piece. In Emil, there's still magic to his sketches, but there's more magic in the big guy, which that's crazy. I thought, like my goal was, I just want to get as much magic into my paintings as in my sketches, but he got more. 
And I think that's that's probably key is there's just this real love and craftsmanship to the service. I have a feeling that he, he never did try to do something because it was going to be easy to do. That's powerful. Yeah. A lot of times I'll, I'll pick a subject because I, I think, okay, well, this is the least amount of effort I'm going to have to make. <laughs> I got this. Right here. Yeah. That's true. That is that's, true. That's the wrong approach. Right. It's just absolutely opposite what we need to be doing. So, by getting less of the facts, um, he got more of the truth. Yeah. Less facts and more of the spirit of the place. Which is a whole lot more truthful than all the facts, you know? It's pretty wild. It was such, such an uplifting experience. It really was. The, the only other time I've been that uplifted to see paintings was Sorolia's work, and that was a spiritual experience to see yeah, that his is. work as well. That was powerful. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up because that me that after you've just come away from just having that sort of experience with an artist's work, you you just can't think about any other artists. You know what I mean? But Soroya was a very spiritual, amazingly moving exhibit, and so a testament to the fact that you can do it. In, there's more than one way of making yeah, it happen. Yeah, there's not just a way. It's the intent and the care backed up with the experience and the skill necessary. The years of work, yeah. yeah. You've just got to have the right goal. Yeah. And your goal's got to be uh, to make it feel as marvelous as it feels. Yeah, we can't go home and try and be Emil Carlson's. Right. We can learn from what, what we can from looking at his work, but we have to go home and... Uh, Paid the price that he paid to be able to do what he's done. Yeah. It's nice to see his progression too. We had early pieces there and late pieces. Yeah, that's right. And the one, the one that I wanted to take home, he painted when he was, you know, after just years and years of painting, miles and miles of canvas, and much, you know, a lot of what I would consider weaker pieces, you know, weaker attempts. And anyway. Yeah. Oh boy. You, you never get to see the dogs. It's true. That's yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, even though some of those sketches were pretty borderline. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, That's true. Yeah, he probably would have cringed at a lot of the th so. things that are hung, you know? It's fabulous. His, his little two-inch by three-inch painting, you know, I, yeah. I never thought about doing that kind of, that, that size, like a posted stamp kind of thing. Right. I'm excited to go home and, and just uh, start to put more of myself into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change maybe some of the subjects I choose to paint and uh, the way I approach how I do it. Hold the left here, I'm sorry. We, we go straight if we go to Red Lodge. Gotcha. Um, Glad you got that. Uh, one thing I was amazed of, t amazed about, too, is we've talked about how how spiritually uplifting that his work was. 
and that piece in particular, I keep, like, in my mind's eye as I think of the exhibit, I think of, uh, that big rock, that big orange rock piece. Ocean, big, huge orange cliff, and sky. Those three pieces, and that's it. Super, super yeah. simple and strong. One little white wave shape. Um, anyway, but, like, the subject itself, like I said, was... A, a piece of sky, a little bit of ocean, and a big orange rock, and it's and we're talking about it like it's a picture Life of Jesus. <laughs> but it was like that. Yeah. Jesus created it, yeah. and he created like in everything he created is him. Like trees testify of him, and rocks testify of him, and, and dirt, everything, and rocks and ocean, and that stuff testifies of him, and so. It's like, it really was that inspiring, though, and it's just a big old rock, four-foot rock with some water, you know what I mean? So, really powerful example, too, about how you don't... I, I think this was mentioned during the trip. Some, some of us artists, we get, we get caught in the lie of feeling like we've got to go to beautiful places, we've got to go find awesome paintings, we've got to travel to Europe. And I'm going to China. I'm going to cancel my China trip. <laughs> no, I still will because I like to travel, but I'm not going to. I'm going to find beauty where I am. You know what I mean? I'm going to find God where I am in the creations that he made right where I am blessed to be planted. I, th I think that simplicity of subject that he had yeah. makes... Uh, I like to say... It's clarity because if you're just trying to paint everything you see or put all this impressive subject matter in then you lose the message and his message was a very peaceful clear um, emotional message that any more you know any more cerebral action by somebody trying to figure out what something was or or uh, put things together would distract from just the, the the main message where you just look at the whole thing and you can only get one thing from it. This is beautiful, this is peaceful, this is where I want to be, and this makes me feel good. Not that you have to always paint super simple, but I think that definitely helped the, the, the mission of, of his work. I think, it, I think the key thing is how you feel about what it is you're painting. Like some of Sargent's greatest work, they were usually done for himself. Yeah. Not not portraits for somebody that he you know he was such a technician. Yeah. That's but when true. he was really putting himself into the work, those are the ones that really are the are the most enjoyable to, to, to look at. Hmm. That's a good point. Think about Soraya too, and how like in that show in San Diego a couple years ago, there were a couple indoor portraits. There's a lady in, uh, I just remember a couple. I remember where they were in the show, kind of at the midpoint of some portraits where he's painting people indoors. And he just, you can tell, man, he hated that. He did not, he did not want to do those suckers and they were not good. Unless it was his wife or his children, then he was into it. Yeah, then the, but, and he'd pose them outside. He'd take him out and stick him in the light, in the sunshine, and then he was, his whole heart was there. There's one of a guy in a white suit out in his garden 
that's so oh, yeah. vastly superior Tiffany. to the other portraits, yeah. Because uh, you can tell Soroya felt differently about that piece, and he was excited about it. But you're right, that's a big key, Grant. Just how you feel about what you're doing. And why you're doing what you're doing, it really is important. A lot more important than what you're doing. Why you do what you do is infinitely more important than what you're painting or what you're doing or what your job is. And I, you, can, you really can change the world, you can make it a better place if you do what you do um, out of love for others, you know? I mean, even if you're a garbage man, if that's what you do, if you do it, I really think you can change, change people's lives and make the world a much better place by uh, doing what you do out of love, people notice. Yeah, good lessons. Anything else, brother? Else? No, I'm just it's good. Oh man. Yeah, that was good. She's delicious. So we're grateful we got to see it. Um, we're grateful for the things that we learned, and we're excited to uh, to try to be better artists. As a result, we. We hope and we pray that we're changed as a result of this little trip that we got to take. So it was a beautiful thing. And we, this is uh, Josh, Alvin, Grant, and Charles signing off. And we will talk to you some other time. <laughs> Let's see. You know, something I was just thinking about is, uh, you know, we, find, we see his personality. Personality coming out, and so I'm kind of excited to explore that part of myself. Uh, yeah. What well, What is my personality? Know yourself better through your own through your paintings. Right. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. a good concept. Yeah. Yeah. That is. There, there's a, a quote. A quote. Horsemanship. This is uh, something like, "Show me your horse, and I'll, I'll tell you who you are." How you take care of that stewardship is indicative of the type of man you are. Yeah, so, you know. I hate that quote. <laughs> <laughs> spoiled horse. You got a spoiled fat horse. <laughs> Darn it. But I am, I am kind of curious and excited about exploring my own. Pay more attention to what it is that I want to share. How to, how to share it. Right. What's interesting, Grant, you, you do more exploration in your paintings than anyone I know. You know, in terms of the type of things that uh, he's trying to do, I, I don't know if many people are as, as thoughtful or, or, like I said, you know, no formulas, just exploring things and pushing things, experimenting. Yeah. I think you. I thought it was because I had a bad memory. I can't remember the formulas. <laughs> yeah, your process is really intuitive and responsive. Yeah. In fact, you said when we were at your place last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was, you were explaining how you did it and you had a hard time coming up with anything. You just said you got to feel, try to feel what it needs and yeah, respond to that. So knowing that, now I want to go kind of back door and 
into, so why am I feeling that way? Or what is it I'm looking for? Yeah. yeah. And how does that relate to yeah. who I am? Just never, I never thought of it that way before. Uh, this is, I'm going to, I'll throw this out there too, because um, we're getting into, as we start to talk about these ideas, we, we're getting into a lot of what modern art has, themes that modern art has dealt with. And you, you run, as, if you get too worried about, like, who am I? I'm just exploring, I'm trying to find meaning in life and find myself. Um, you can, your work can go just straight down the toilet as well. So I think the happiest spot to be in is a, a spot where you're trying to, a, a selfless sort of trying to serve and share spot. And the true self, the true you comes through and is communicated crystal clear and you're able to feel clearly who you are. Um, I don't know, I just, I guess people, when I've heard artists say, this is me trying to explore and find myself, or this is me trying to... Yeah, they usually are making real garbage. Yeah, it's usually like poop in a can or an invisible sculpture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of stuff. And I think, I think those people start, start with no foundation because they don't believe in who they really are. They have no foundation. Yeah. Taking God out of their lives, and now they're trying to figure out who they are without without that foundation underneath them. Right. That's true. Okay. Excellent stuff. It's 34 minutes of goodness. Just sheer goodness.